1: Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: It is the second half of Sports Talk this Thursday? We're on Thursday already? February 22nd. Day before Friday. Hallelujah. Uh, Pelican's back in action. The NBA actually back in action tonight coming off the All-Star break. Be a 7 o'clock tip-off in the Smoothie King Center. Pell's taking on the Houston Rockets. We'll be talking to Ali Cosell after this first break, getting into all that. Uh, The team obviously has been on a heater. Hopefully that can continue for this team. Uh, Five, six seed looks doable. Can they rise up and get into the top four, though? That's the biggest question right now, and I know that's going to be really difficult because obviously the team's ahead of you. They're playing games, too, and it's just going to be difficult with the talent uh, in that top four to, I think, get into it, but anything can happen right now with this team. Uh, I know that 49 wins is projected. 50 maybe possible. I'll I think get the that's numbers the hope right on now. The
0: pace that you know, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Nuggets, uh, and the Thunder are all on pace for the amount of wins. But it's kind of crazy to think the Pelicans are on pace for 49 wins if they get to 50, and they still might not host right. the first-round series. The
2: Wild Wild West again. That's how
0: crazy the Western Conference is. If the Pelicans were in the East right now, they'd be the four seed. They own the tiebreaker over the Knicks right now. They beat them the first time they played this season. I think it was back in October. Uh, even though they have a same record, 33-22 and 22 overall, the Pelicans would be the 4th seed if they were in the Western Conference. But in the West, they're the 6th seed. And we're just hoping and praying because the Mavericks are nipping at their heels and they're on a six-game winning streak. They're playing the Suns tonight on TNT. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch just based off of the history of those two squads. The Mavericks are surging right now in the West. They're trying to get out of the play-in tournament. Pelicans are trying to stay out of the play-in tournament. They've won seven of eight. No one wants to be that seven or eight seed. Everyone wants to be at least in the top six. So that should be the goal for the Pelicans. Uh, They're sealing probably the 5 Steve, just because I don't know if any of those teams will really truly fall off. I know the Nuggets have fallen back to the pack a little bit with a three-game losing skid. But ultimately, when you're looking at those top four seeds, Steve, it's basically set in stone. It's just a matter of what order they end up in. If you're the Pelicans, you're hoping that you can get a five-seed potentially and get a good first-round matchup against whatever four-seed falls out from those top four.
2: Yeah, looking at things right now, like you said, the Nuggets right now are four-seed, would be number four, and they are... The Pelicans are just three games behind them right now in the standings. Yeah,
0: and if they keep surging, listen. If they win, let's say there's 27 games left, right, mm-hmm. and you go 17 and 10, you reach 50 wins. If you go 20, if you get to 20 wins, go 20 and seven, that would be an incredible run for the Pelicans. First off, that gets you for sure a top a top four seed in my opinion, and. You know, Ali, when we had him on last, made a really good point about the Pelicans and the season schedule. They play 16 games against the Eastern Conference. Hmm. So while the West is all battling it out and, you know, they're beating up on each other and moving each other up and down the standings, the Pelicans have a chance to beat up on the East, the easiest conference, by the way, and make a move while those teams are battling it out in the West. The good thing about the Pelicans schedule is that if you look at it right now, they only have five matchups against teams with better records than them. At this point in the season. And once again, they have another gauntlet. You remember, I think it was like last month, where they had that three-game gauntlet against the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Thunder. Right. They have that same exact stretch again uh, at the end of March. So that's going to be something to watch out for. And Ali said I'm pretty sure the last 11 games are all against like playoff-level teams. Right. Or teams that are going to be competing at the end of the season. So it's not going to be easy for the Pelicans. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they have a chance to beat up on the Eastern Conference and maybe make a move up the West. But ultimately, how high can they climb? Once again, Steve, I'm not Being super Being realistic, concerned. right. Realistically, how not high pie can they climb? in the climb? sky dreaming. The, the 4C would be the pie in the sky. Like any Sneaking into the top four and hosting a playoff series would be outstanding. Can they get there? Eh, probably not. You're looking maybe at the five or the six, but the five or the six should be the expectation for the team.
2: Uh, unfortunate news for this evening. No Brandon Ingram tonight. He is out due to an illness. Uh, the Pels do have their next three games at home. It'll be interesting to see how they fare. Uh Nice to be off that All-Star break and home right away. I uh, want to get into some audio of Jordan Hawkins, who spoke at practice today before the Pels take on the Houston Rockets. Here's what the rookie
3: had to say. This
1: is the first time we've gotten to talk to you since All-Star break, and how was the Rising Stars
3: experience? Oh It was really fun. The whole experience was fun. Um, that was my first ever All-Star weekend I got to go to, so... Being a part of it was pretty cool. So.
1: Was it what you expected or anything stand out to you?
3: Well, it was pretty cold out there. It was pretty cold. Um, well, I loved all the events we did before the game. So, yeah. What
1: was it like to uh, for you to get another championship
2: on,
3: on your record? It was pretty cool. I mean, it's a cool championship, but uh, we need to get the one that come in June. So, uh, it was pretty cool
1: people talked a lot about the competitiveness during the all-star weekend did you guys on your team
2: feel like you know that was important for you to yeah, obviously i think you the wanted,
3: championship game was a little bit more competitive because uh, we played against like the g-league guys the g-league guys they was out there playing hard so we knew you had to master energy so we kind of tried to master energy uh try to play hard so
1: after um that obviously i i would think you got at least a little time to to rest and kind of get ready for the second half what was it like just to have some time off a little bit from basketball? Oh, it
3: was good. I got to see the fan back home. Uh, it was all, I haven't seen them in a while, so um, it, it was fun. Uh, got to go home, got to see everybody, so it was well needed.
1: With the experience that you have so far from, I mean, how do you, do you view the, the position you're in as far as being ready for the last 20-something games of the season, maybe compared to
2: coming into the season as a rookie?
3: Um. I mean, to stay, stay poised, stay calm, uh, stay focused. Focus is ever now. Uh, We're trying to make a playoff stretch. Um, So I mean, it's not a lot of room for error. So uh, make sure I have that on my mind every day. Uh, Make sure I'm still playing my game, though. Uh, Playing, trying to play stress-free basketball. So, yeah. How have you seen the team come back from
1: break? How was practice yesterday, and the energy that they're bringing?
3: I think the first two practices. well, coming from break we're really good um coach willie green uh said that we need to be locked in this practice these two practices and i think that's what we were we communicated we were open and i think it went really well yeah.
2: going back to thing stars for a second um was, was there anyone on the team that you particularly enjoyed playing with or somebody that you knew yeah. from before that you were it was cool to be able to play
3: with. i knew hooping? a couple of the guys um it was playing fun playing with d-live and and walker kessler um I still love to him, so it was, that was
2: pretty fun. Yeah. Pelicans rookie Jordan Hawkins. He's played in 48 games this season, averaging about 20 minutes a game and nine points, three rebounds. Uh, just an impressive young man I can't wait to see in this second half to see if he gets some more playing time. Give him more minutes, Willie. I was going to say, right. Strats. On, on our talking text line here, uh, 1435 Willie will have this team choke this the way they play oh. uh, their way into the play, and we've seen Willie's ceiling. Time to move on from him and Threats. Zion. Ouch! Not a positive take going no. coming back
0: from the All-Star <laughs> break. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, 27 games left. So, Steve, I went and did the math. Yes. The top four teams, as we mentioned, it's going to be hard to crack that top four. You got Minnesota, Oklahoma City, the Clippers, and Denver in order. Right. Those teams, I'm going to give you the win projections that they're on right now. Minnesota on pace for 58 wins. Oklahoma City on pace for 56 the Clippers on pace for 55.6 so basically 56 and then Denver on pace for 53.6 wins so even if the Pelicans break that 50 win mark which I mean 17 and 10 would be awesome over the final 27 games That's a little bit better than the current winning percentage they're at it's going to be tough Steve it's going to be really tough to break that top four.
2: We're going to get into even more Pelicans talk after the break. Uh, Stepping away right now when we get back, Ali Cosell, credentialed NBA writer covering the Pels, will join us right here on WWL.
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they
2: rejoice the nba is back tonight and so are the pelicans happy to welcome in our favorite nba writer covering the Pel's, ali cosell how you did over the break Ollie?
4: hey steve i'm doing well yeah it was a nice little
2: break but now
4: guess what we get five games in seven days right <laughs> yikes so let's see if the pelicans can find that form that we saw right go into the break with
2: uh saw so definitely that brandon ingram obviously sick not going to be able to play in tonight's yeah. game any word on his status moving forward though
4: Uh, we don't know yet for tomorrow. Willie Green left that as an open-ended question. It's really just going to come down to how B.I. is feeling, right? But I'll tell you what, I know that the Pelicans got hit with something over the All-Star break where you could tell several of them picked up something, including Willie Green. So I'm hoping that they're on the other side. So maybe there's a good I don't know. I'm going to say there's a decent chance we may see B.I. tomorrow. Fingers crossed.
2: Uh, Looking at this Pelicans team, obviously game number one back from the break tonight against the Houston Rockets, a team they had troubles with with the first two matchups, were able to take the third one. How do they cinch up this fourth one to end up uh, even in things up in the series?
4: Yeah, you know, Ime Yudoka, defensive oriented. We've already seen three matchups, three low scoring affairs. But Houston doesn't play, I think, as tougher as well as they were early in the year, right? That's where the Pelicans suffered those two uh, losses. Houston's really falling off a cliff. I, I want to say after about, what, maybe the middle of December on, but especially these last 17 games. I think they're 5-12 and 12 and just generally haven't looked good, and they can't win close games. So, for the Pelicans, I know they'll be without B.I., but, look, just stick to what you do defensively. Make them shoot really tough shots like they did in the last game. And then, of course, have that offense go through Zion, right? That new-point Zion look. Well, I know we're going to get see Trey Murphy play extended men. Hopefully, we'll get to see some Jordan Hawkins, too, so – You're going to hope that maybe the outside shooting will create those openings for Zion and Jonas to operate on the inside to where they distinctly have an advantage.
0: Ali, there's been criticism about the Pelicans' two stars and how they play better without the other one on the floor, and we saw Zion Williamson go for 36 with Brandon Ingram playing in that game against uh, the, the Wizards, and we needed all 36 points of it because of how Denny Avia played that game, but that's besides the point. Zion Williamson tonight without Brandon Ingram on the floor. I mean, he's coming off a great game against the Wizards. I know it's been a week-long break heading into this Rockets matchup, but what are your kind of expectations for him? Because if you're looking at the Rockets, they don't have a real true rim protector. I would say Alperen Sengun is a great offensive player, but he's, I kind of view him the same way that I would view like a Jonas Valanciunas, uh, where they're not great defensive bigs, uh, and Zion can definitely attack the paint tonight.
4: Yeah, I asked Willie about Zion actually in pregame, and I was curious to get his thoughts on how much does he compare to the guy we saw last year, right? In December, when he was having those MVP kind of talks surrounding him because he was playing the best ball of his career. And Willie Green seems to think, yeah, this is he's getting real close, right, to where it, this last three to five weeks has easily been his best stretch of the season. So he's trending upwards. Zion told us after his last game the win over the Wizards uh, right before the All-Star break that, he's at about 93%. So when you combine that with the fact that the numbers are looking really good, I don't know if you guys look at any kind of numbers, but for the month of February, he's playing the most minutes, right? So all of a sudden his minutes is up, but also his production is up. And even his free throw percentage, he's set. He's on a pace to set his best uh, shooting percentage, uh, free throw shooting percentage for a month in his career. So everything's really, like I said, trending up to where I think we're going to see the best design provided, right? Of course, he stays healthy moving forward, but yeah, he's a guy that's capable to carry this team pretty much the rest of the way if he's going to truly stay with this all-star form, which I think we, he is.
0: Ali, looking at the matchup against the Rockets, you kind of mentioned when we talked to you a couple weeks ago when they played them at the end of January, you know, when we were pre- previewing that game, you had lost two games by combined four points, and they were both heartbreakers, similar to what happened with the Grizzlies. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go out and win by 11 points. It's a convincing victory over the Rockets in your last matchup. The Rockets play better at home as well, but they've also fallen off, like you were saying, since their kind of hot start to the season. This should be a game where the Pelicans take care of business, but recently they've struggled against some of those teams near the bottom of the conferences. Uh, Granted, they're pulling out wins, and that's
4: all that matters. Yeah, I feel like they entered the break, honestly, just tired. Because we saw in pretty much all those games where they played some really good basketball. Right. But then, of course, they just let go of the rope in a sense to where it was both focused and physical to me. It just kind of fell off to where, for a quarter, I mean, I won't forget that Memphis game, right? Fourth quarter of the final. What was it? Ugly. For Memphis, 10 for the Pelicans. So that's something you never see in the NBA. And, of course, like I said, it happened three straight times to them to where, like I said, they just couldn't do it for, bring it for 48 minutes. So I think that should be behind them. Eight days rest for NBA players is, is honestly probably like two to weeks, maybe three for anybody else, a regular person. So expect their leg to be back. I think that focus is going to be there. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Zion this excited. And it really does. It permeates through the rest of the roster because, I mean, everybody gets up for it. Even CJ, you could tell. This is the time of year where you start right getting those juices flowing because the playoffs are just around the corner. So I think they'll be fine, and I think that's why they'll take care of Houston tonight because they want to set a tone coming out. And when you've got Zion playing his best ball, and I think I know that B.I. isn't playing tonight, but I feel like even that starting lineup was starting to make some incremental improvement, right? That's the thing that we've lamented. But I want to watch third quarter. That's going to tell you everything. If they can come out of halftime, because that's been the biggest struggle point for this entire team, whether it's been Jonas or Larry Nance starting out halftime, but if they can come out of this third quarter and not let Houston all of a sudden outscore them by 10 points or something like that, they'll be fine.
2: You're looking at this team, obviously, tomorrow night you have the Miami Heat coming in. Uh, What do you expect in that matchup, Uh, a tough team coming from the West uh, visiting New Orleans?
4: Yeah, how tough is it to face on back-to-back nights, Houston and Miami, right? Two coaches that implore physicality, defense, right? That dogged determination where you just don't give up a single possession. So it'll be a test. But I'm saying, well, I think Miami is not coming in at full strength. I mean, I'm not sure if Jimmy Butler is going to play. He's missed so much time. And that's the biggest key for the Pelicans moving forward. A lot of these teams, especially from the Eastern Conference, they're all battling through injury. I know New York's around the corner. They're probably not going to have Randall back yet, maybe even Ananobi and a few others. And then there's Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton's nursing a hamstring. So while on paper it seems like a tougher matchup, I think a lot of these teams will be without a key guy or two, so that's going to be really beneficial, like Miami tomorrow. I just don't expect they'll have their full squad. So all that, as we know, right, because usually the Pelicans are the team missing a key guy or two, that really hurts.
0: Yeah, another team that they have on the schedule coming up next Tuesday, the Knicks, They're another team that's not at full strength, OG and Julius Randle, both dealing with injuries. I mean, I'm looking a little bit past the Bulls. I know that matchup on Sunday – But if you're looking at this four-game stretch, just at a glance, I guess you can add the first game against the Pacers, because as you said earlier, five games in seven days. Uh, What's your expectation for this run for the Pelicans? Are you looking at three and two, maybe four and one in this stretch, just given the level of competition and the, the good teams that you really are playing are dealing with some injury issues?
4: Yeah, you hope for three and two. You hope almost any kind of stretch or segment you take, if this team really wants to make a run for 50 wins, which I think everybody by now should feel like they're at least really capable of, you've got to do that, right? You've got to take more games than you lose. So three and two seems very doable. You get this one against Houston, then, um, then I know you've got that tough – any any game tough on the road, but you've got to take two of these three at home and then you just got to pick up one on the road. So, yeah, get through three – or excuse me, get through these seven days with three wins out of five. I think they'll take it. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they go four and one. I really think they're going to be playing that well. Um, coming out of this break. Like I said, I, I sense something in the last two days of practice that gives me the vibe that they're energetic, they're all together, right, because we've seen them be together. But up, there's like a, a higher level that they reach mentally, right, where they understand what they need to do. It's something that this team I've never felt really from before, especially the younger guys. I think Zion has finally figured some things out, and I think we're going to begin to see it starting tonight.
2: Ollie, you mentioned the vibe, the buzz. Are you seeing or feeling that, I guess I should say, from the fan base? Because more and more I'm hearing folks talking about the Pelicans and not just about uh, the cool uniforms or anything like that, uh, the actual play on the court. And be really people uh, have, I feel like, surging now to support this team in this final stretch.
4: Absolutely. I was walking through uh, during the All-Star break through Tulane campus with my two dogs. Uh, around Audubon Park as well. I got stopped by one of the kids there. Um, he was celebrating, you know, some time off during Mardi Gras. And, um, look, he stopped me because I was wearing a Pelicans T-shirt saying, C.J. McCollum, check him out the other night. He didn't even start talking about B-I-R-Z. That's a typical response. But he brought up C.J. first to me. So, yeah, I get the sense that this city, this fan base, even guy, people that are just here for school, but largely live out of town are talking about this team. So it's an exciting time. Pelicans have only been in the playoffs, what, just a handful of times, two times in the last 10 years. Uh, so, yeah, th- th- or it's going to be almost 10 years. Anyways, three times. <laughs> last 10 years. You guys understand what I'm saying. It's been infrequent. So, yeah, they're headed that way. Everything looks good. And this team's exciting.
0: Ollie, one of those players that I think we've talked about with you before, about in the stretch run is going to be so important to this team, and he – actually made a really good performance in March and April last year, and that's what made us think he's so untouchable as a, as a player on this roster, is Trey Murphy. And he's been off to a, a slow start. He's shooting career lows in field goal percentage, uh, three points percentage, I didn't even think free throw percentage as well. But if you're looking at him as a guy that could help this team down the stretch, I think he's a name to watch based off of what he did in you know last March and April where he made that run uh, to help the Pelicans get into the play-in tournament.
4: Yeah, I think he probably might have worked the hardest over the break. I kind of heard some rumors about him honestly not being happy. And why should it be? He holds himself to a high standard about his play, right, over the last, you know, what, five, six weeks has been very inconsistent. I knew he had a good game against Portland up there uh, when they did beat the Trailblazers at their place. But largely than that, it, it's been kind of too infrequent, right, to where he's had some good, good games. So what I found interesting in practice was he's actually practicing his threes from right at the line, right? It looks like he's, he's smartly going to look for something that's in a little bit closer, right? Because we know he's got range, and he's got confidence in that shot from pretty much, what, out to 30 or so feet. But I like seeing that he was really working on just like those 23-footers. So it, it tells me that he's got a firm focus. Let's do one step at a time. Let's at least nail this before I start reaching for more, right? More in terms of being able to shoot from further back. So I think he, he's going to come out guns a blazing tonight. I really hope we can see it because then, of course, that paves the way. you got 27 more games, get him ramped up, and all of a sudden you're going to be in the playoffs is one of the most fearsome, I think, six men in the league if, like I said, he finds that switch for that three-point shot.
0: I just want to see what we were seeing at the end of last year where the guy was putting up 20 points a game. I mean, he was shooting the lights out, as you were saying, Ali and we know that he has the capability to do it Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit of a confidence thing at this point I know he's coming back from the injury and he's been a little bit inconsistent this year but once he finds that stroke you've mentioned it on the show that he's a great shooter he's not like a good shooter he's a legitimately great NBA shooter he just needs to see it go in and once he does I think he'll start just knocking them down consistently
4: yeah I couldn't agree more I mean you could tell during this stretch he's almost looked confounded when you look at his face sometimes by how he's missed but I know that of late that his misses were getting better. And he always tells us, if I'm just missing short or long, that means I'm really close. And that's what I've noticed I swear earlier. Yeah, he was missing left, right? You know, it was all over the map. But he, his misses have gotten better. And like I say, he had that good game against Portland. And now he had eight days just to probably shoot. What was it? These guys like to shoot over 1,000 shots a day. Maybe, say, let's say, 10,000 shots. Yeah, I think we're going to see him turn that switch on very soon.
2: Ollie, we're looking at the roster, uh, a guy like Dyson Daniels obviously out right now. Do we expect him back before the postseason, or are we lucky if we, we get him back for the playoffs?
4: Yeah, right now it's a total toss-up, right? Pelicans announced right after the surgery it would be about four weeks before another real evaluation could be done to, to Durham in a timetable. But I tell you what, when you look at what other players have suffered similar injuries, it usually takes them a minimum right of six to eight weeks and that will put him right towards the end of the season maybe that week off if the pelicans don't have to go through the playing tournament so i don't know i don't like honestly the odds that we'll see him again this season but i got my fingers crossed maybe he's a fast healer and uh hey he can get in for the last week of the season and of course you can have him for the playoffs but like i said you have to be hopeful for that because it doesn't sound all too promising
2: yeah we'll definitely miss that d
4: Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, he's Herb Jones' backup, I feel like. Willie Green was slow with when Herb gets into foul trouble or misses a game. He's got Dyson, who you literally don't lose almost anything with defensively, right? Because he's just that good. And now he's probably not going to have that luxury, so it hurts.
0: Yeah, I mean, no Dyson Daniels, Ali, and then no Brandon Ingram tonight. For this matchup against the Rockets, we listened to Jordan Hawkins' audio earlier on in the show. Are we going to see some Hawkins minutes tonight? It <laughs> seems like crossed. he just can't – because Willie said that he was going to shorten the rotation once it was announced mm. that Dyson was injured. And, I mean, he has, and Hawkins has been picking up DMPs for the past couple games. I mean, are we going to see Hawkins minutes tonight?
4: I think we will. On top of missing two guys that were ahead of him, I can't think of anybody else that would be – I mean, I, I can't imagine Matt Ryan jumping in ahead of Hawk. So, you I think Hawk would be the ninth guy. And I saw him yesterday after practice working specifically with the guys that typically play and Willie Green was running the unit, right? Normally it's assistant coaches or player development coaches when they're just guys getting working. But the fact Willie was handling it makes me think we're going to see Jordan play.
0: And then final question about the Rockets tonight, Ali. I know that the first three matchups, two of the uh, games you've seen, Jalen Green be the leading scorer for the Rockets. The other one, Alperen Sengun went absolutely crazy with 37 points. I mean, mm-hmm. what is the one player on this Rockets squad that you think or uh, are concerned with that could potentially go off and help the Rockets pick up a win in the Smoothie King Center?
4: I'm afraid of Fred Van Fleet. I feel like Sengun. yeah, he's, he's tough. He hasn't been playing as well as he was earlier in the year, right, as you mentioned, that 37-point performance. But Fred Van Fleet's always the guy that's just feisty, and he'll lift up the spirit of the rest of the guys by how he plays. And, of course, he's good at setting up. So Dylan Brooks is not a good three-point shooter, but when he's getting wide open ones from Fred's passes, and like a Jabari Smith, that's what hurts. So, yeah, Fred Van Fleet, he's the one that scares me because he, he's kind of that engine that was really igniting them to start the year, right, those first couple of months. And now he's back. He's playing tonight. That's that's the one you got to be afraid of.
2: Ollie, always appreciate the time. Thank you. Enjoy the game tonight. Be talking to you soon.
4: Absolutely, guys. Have a good one.
2: Thanks, Ollie. Ollie Cosell, credentialed NBA Rital. That covers the Pelicans, Always great information from him. Pelicans and Houston Rockets tipping off 7 p.m. in the Smoothie King Center. I haven't seen anything online yet about tonight on which unis they are wearing. I kind of miss those skeleton uniforms.
0: I love them. I-, I wish they had more skeleton merch, though, Steve. The only skeleton stuff they have are those uniforms at, like, the team stores. It's like, I don't... I don't really want a jersey. I just kind of want some, like a maybe a hoodie with the Skeleton logo. on it. I was going to say something. my son
2: got a Skeleton hoodie with the uh, Zion Williamson on the back. I just so love the logo. I think it's really cool. You might have to go online to order it. It's a if fun it's not rebrand, a store. and
0: I think we've talked about it, Steve. It should be a permanent rebrand, it, like at least for you know annual I hope it's in the city rotation, edition. Right? Yeah, right. Just have it there because I think it's a great idea. Um, and I love the color scheme. I think it fits New Orleans better than what they have.
2: Plus, you got all those uniforms and a a whole floor, you know, ready to go.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm with Ollie though. I think that they set the tone tonight. I'd love to see a big win, a double-digit point blowout against the Rockets.
2: going to take a break. Coming back with more WWL Sports Talk right after this. We get it.
4: Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise
2: with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 74-73. Here's Wright. Crossover. Wright goes up. Got the shot blocked. Got it back. Throws it to oh! Ward. Gummer at the buzzer for the
0: win. it's good! Whoa! LSU defeats
2: Kentucky on a last second put up shot by Tyrell Ward. (laughs) 75-74. How about them Tigers buzzer beater by Tyrell Ward lifting LSU past number 17, Kentucky 75-74. I was in the Maravich Center last night. LSU second straight win over a top-20 opponent, and they picked up their third over a nationally ranked opponent this season. So, not, things not going too bad for Matt McMahon in year two.
0: <laughs> We've been saying give him time.
2: That's all you need, right? It's like you can't expect instant, uh, especially with the – uh, LSU men's basketball program and what they had to go through.
0: The improvement from year one to year two is already there. Right, by exactly. The way. Like he's jumped from two to six wins in conference play. And the SEC, if it's not the Big 12, it's the best conference in college basketball. So it, the improvement's there, and we'll see how much further— I mean, we're talking about how high the Pelicans can climb at the Western Conference. We'll see how much further the LSU can climb up the SEC, because their final five games are all very winnable,
2: Steve. Going to check in on our Oakwood Heart Jewelers talking text line with Jimmy and Gretna, seeing he wants to talk about some hoops. What you got, Jimmy?
1: Hey, man, great win for LSU last night. The students charged the court. <laughs> they got fined now, fine. yeah. Hey, look, my question to you guys is this. The Pelicans tonight, they had $4 tickets before the game. I know it's a weekday. I know it's against the Rockets. I told this to Bobby. You guys are younger guys, whether y'all are from here or not. You know, I mean – even before my time here, you know, we lost the Jazz, right? And then after Katrina, they put a, a attendance quotient or quota after Shin gave the team to the NBA. The NBA owned the team for a while, and we had a, a attendance issue. Well, we've kind of always had that. You know, it's a football first city. And, and like I told Bobby, you know, it's like always an excuse, especially the first half of the season. It's like, Well, it's football season. You can't go to basketball in November. Or it's LSU season. Or, you know, now it's the holidays. Now it's Mardi Gras. So, like, right now we got no excuses. And I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, all the areas that people used to tailgate for Saints game, it's all condos, right? And those people, most of them down there living downtown, those young guys and girls are not from Louisiana, a lot of them. I'm hoping that they, you know, get into this basketball life. You know, I'm seeing this new group, the Pels 12. New fan clubs, young people, energetic, and it's a good start. But I still, I mean, look, if you got four dollar tickets, that means tonight is there's going to the upper deck going to be pretty empty. And all I'm saying is, I think the city needs to step up. Me and Bobby are on the same page about this. It's, you know, there's no more excuses. The
2: cannon will be there you tonight. Know, I mean,
1: yeah. And look, let me tell you, tomorrow night, Jimmy Butler, and I, I think I'll be there Sunday night. But the city's got to step up. The Saints, I mean, look, let's be honest. The Saints are mediocre and far from a Super Bowl right now. That's the reality. The Pelicans are closer to an NBA championship right now than the Saints are a Super Bowl. I really do believe that if we stay healthy. And uh, anyway, I just want to get y'all's take. Why hasn't the city embraced the Pelicans like they should? I think tonight's game should be 80% full, but it'll probably be 50, 60%, you know?
2: It'll definitely be interesting, Jimmy, to see what the ends up being, you know, the on the television broadcast, and obviously they'll report what attendance is. But, yeah, to me, a Thursday game against a Houston Rockets team that doesn't really have any uh, a great appeal, I'll say, to, to the, a mass audience. It's kind of tough to get people out during the week. But I, I hear you. You're worried about uh, overall with the, you know, you don't want to hear a lack of support from a team. Uh, you mentioned $4 tickets definitely never a good thing when they're that low
0: yeah for sure but i'd also like to see what the attendance and what the pricing for the tickets is tomorrow against the heat right and then exactly. also sunday against the bulls right a friday night obviously and i don't think the bulls are, are any Center. better than the rockets are like I, I mean i think they're pretty similar level opponents i think the heat are probably the best team that the pelicans may play in this you know five games and seven day stretch that we were talking with ali about you could probably make an argument for the pacers i think the knicks would clearly be that best team but they're dealing with injury issues so yeah i mean tonight you may not see a super packed Smoothie King Center, and uh, yeah, I agree with Jimmy that New Orleans does need to support the Pelicans because this is looking like it's going to be the second time, maybe in franchise history, that they reach 50 wins, and that's exciting. Uh, and I mean, but once they reach the playoffs, that's when the the city really starts buzzing about the Pels.
2: I will say, like I mentioned to Ollie, there seems to be more of a buzz right now. I don't know if it it was the all-star break. Uh, The team's doing well. It's post-football season. But a lot of folks definitely talking about this team right now. Just 27 games left in the season. And there's just so much ahead of this squad. And the potential for them and this roster is so great. They're they're so young and really loaded.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The issue is that you're looking at the top four teams in the Western Conference, (laughs) because if the Pelicans, we mentioned this in the first segment of the hour, if they do climb up in the West and they stay at the five or the six spot, maybe they could reach the fourth seed potentially, but let's just say they stay at five or six, what team are you going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs out of that Minnesota, OKC, Clippers, Denver bunch you really don't want to see Denver because Nikola Jokic is a nightmare matchup for anyone in the NBA. Right. The Clippers, I, I think, are this team that I would want to play like the second least, <laughs> just because they've got all these guys that are going to be pursuing their first championship. It's like why Leonard's won multiple Finals MVPs, but you're looking at James Harden's never won a championship, Russell Westbrook's never won a championship, Paul George's never won a championship. This is, these are Hall of Fame Not a guys, big names, right? Like they're they're household names, as you're saying, that are all going to be going for a championship, and this team is really, really solid, and I don't want to see them at all. OKC and Minnesota are the two teams that I think you could get in the first round. Yeah, OKC take scares out. me, though, too. OKC scares me a little bit, but they don't scare me as much as the Clippers or the Nuggets. And, and I think another thing about OKC, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the star point guard for them, I view him as the Joel Embiid of point guards where does this game translate to playoff basketball where like fouls don't get called as often and the whistle gets swallowed because free throws are such a huge part of his game. I know he's a good defensive point guard as well. The, the Thunder are young, and they're going to have their time in the West for multiple years if they play their cards right, and I believe they will. But they're that team right below Minnesota, and I think just the Pelicans match up well against the Timberwolves that I'm looking forward to playing the most in a potential playoff matchup.
2: We will take a break. One last segment before we get to the 7 o'clock hour. Be right back here on WWL. Well, folks, were you stuck in that bad traffic today due to that deadly shooting on the Crescent City Connection? Well, you get all the breaking news and stories that matter to you from WWL. Just follow WWL with one quick click. Go to WWL.com, follow slash follow for a link to follow us. Plus, we'll see the other great ways you can stay in touch and know about our community at wwl.com forward slash follow from our local podcasts and shows to our free daily newsletter. Man, Charlie, I was coming in and caught... Uh, some of that traffic luckily was able to get off uh, the Poydras exit, and I wasn't heading towards the chop exit because I couldn't get there at all. Uh, it was just ridiculous, and I know it just kept backing up. Uh, interested to see what ends up making out from that whole incident.
0: It was a mess. Steve, real quick, before we head to the top of the news, I want to get your thoughts. Pelicans, six-and-a-half point favorites at home against the Rockets tonight. Do they cover?
2: <sighs> Coming off the all-star break, I'm going to say – Yes, they're going to be pumped up, fired up, and I know I might end up regretting this, (laughs) but I think they come out strong and put this Rockets team away. The problem is coming towards the end of the game, what's going to happen there? But yeah, I think they, they end up covering.
0: I like it.